Man, what a big win that was for the Kansas City Chiefs. A 45-10 beating on the Cincinnati Bengals. A game that the NFL flexed to Sunday night, hopefully, hoping for some sort of a competitive game. And that is not what they got because the Kansas City Chiefs had something to say about it. A big win all around Offense, defense, special teams. A couple things did go wrong in this football game, but look, you can't expect perfection for 60 minutes. The Chiefs dominated this football game 45-10. to 10. And look, I know a lot of people pointed out some of the bits and pieces of the negative things during that 5-0 start, but look, it happens in football. I get it. There were some things uh, with that defense that looked bad early on. And I'm not saying they're all of a sudden great. Hopefully they do turn the corner here. But as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing to complain about in this game. A couple of things we can we can be critical of. A couple of moments that, that I think deserve their uh, fair share of mentions. But that's a very small list. And I think it's obvious right off the bat when you win 45-10. to 10, And by the way, you beat a Bengals team that was the second best team for most of the start of 2018 so far. And by the way, they're a top 10 scoring team in this bad defense that the Chiefs have. They held the uh, they held the Bengals to 10 points. My name is Farzi Vasugan. Big thanks to all of you guys for joining me on this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast recap episode. And a big thanks to all of you guys who joined me on the Facebook Live videos. A lot of people joined on the Facebook Live. So I appreciate all of you guys who liked the videos and shared it on uh, on Facebook. Big thanks to all of you guys, uh, a lot of new listeners uh, for, for the Facebook Live video and for the podcast. Big thanks to everyone who joined me after the game, especially late at night uh, after, what, 10.30 or whatever the game ended. So big thanks to everybody who uh, interacted with me on the Facebook Live videos. And uh, there will not be a Facebook Live video uh, next Sunday as I will be uh, I will not be uh, home. Let's just put it that way. I'll actually be, be by the beach. So uh, I won't be able to do a Facebook Live video. I, I won't be able to follow the game closely like I do since I'll be on vacation. I'll still be able to watch the game. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put some things out on Facebook and Twitter, but it uh, won't be as uh, much as, as usual. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, as uh, as you watch the game. So no Facebook Live video next week. We will be back for the following week when the Chiefs play the Browns. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. But still, uh, a podcast will be out uh, this week. Uh, we will uh, talk to Benjamin Albright of Mile High Sports. We had him on, on, or excuse me, on earlier in the week. And we had a lot of fun talking to him. He is of Mile High Sports, by the way, in Denver. So we will bring him back and talk about the Chiefs and Broncos round two. And also the AFC West as the Chiefs right now currently have the lead. Chargers right behind him. Broncos hoping to cut that gap a little bit after that big win they had on Thursday night. We'll talk about the division a little bit on this podcast as well as the playoff picture. Because that is starting to become a more relevant topic as we are... Getting close to the halfway point of the season, uh, for most, most teams that is. Uh, the Chiefs will play their eighth game of the season next Sunday against the Broncos. And season goes pretty quickly. I've said this many times. Uh, you don't have a lot of opportunities to prove yourself, so good for the Chiefs. Getting all these wins, a 6-1 and one start to the season through seven weeks, uh, much needed. You will definitely take a 6-1 and one start. I definitely did not have them starting 6-1 and one to start off the year, so... 
Now you're at the point now, getting to the midway point, and you're you're still on top of the division, top of the AFC right now, and this seems firing on all cylinders, offensively, defensively, it's been up and down, mostly down, but in the in the recent games against Jacksonville and against Cincy in this game, this Chiefs defense has really turned it up a bit, and they've made some plays in this game, tackling a lot better, we'll talk about all of that in just a moment, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, interact with me on social media, facebook.com slash Farzee Vesugian, give it a like, follow me on Facebook, again, thank you to everyone who joined for the Facebook Live videos, we'll do that again in a couple of weeks, not going to do one this Sunday against the Broncos, as I mentioned earlier, Uh, so no Facebook Live video this week. But we will be back for the following week. Follow me on Twitter at Farzine21 plus my email Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. I, I mean, what a game this was for the Chiefs. Kareem Hunt had a hell of a game. The three-headed pass-catching pass monsters, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, all had a great game. Spencer Ware went in there, contributed, made some plays for the Chiefs. Backup tight end Demetrius Harris caught a touchdown pass for the Chiefs. Yes! <laughs> Air horns for Demetrius Harris, indeed. And to cap it all off near the end of the game, in unison, when they played Sweet Caroline, Chiefs fans started singing along. Patrick Mahomes was singing along. I mean, listen to this track. This is one of the greatest songs ever. And it's even better. I mean, it's up there with Bon Jovi's "Living on a Prayer." It, it, like there are certain songs that'll come on at stadiums or somewhere in public, and everyone will be singing along. This is one of those songs. How do you not smile when you hear this? Just amazing. Just amazing. It, 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 all around. I mean, everyone's having fun watching this football team. Uh, the, 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 this whole Mahomes mania. I mean, everyone's going crazy about it. I, I, I mentioned earlier. I, I was at a, a grocery store. And they have uh, Patrick, uh, Patrick Mahomes ice cream flavor that they're selling. Uh, it was on social media where a guy is tattooing Patrick Mahomes' face on his body. Like, I mean, this whole Mahomes mania deal is, is just off the charts. I showed the video earlier in the season where uh, I had a friend who worked at KU Hospital. And uh, everybody... Uh, pull out their phones, they're filming him as he and the other quarterbacks uh, are, are coming along. And uh, this whole thing with Patrick Mahomes, uh, and I think I saw, I can't remember who uh, tweeted this. Uh, one of the national media pundits tweeted this, but someone said Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes is going to be one fun duo to watch for years. You think of the the kind of duo that we've seen from... Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, and just how long that's been intact as head coaching and uh, a quarterback duo. They've done everything. And you're hoping Mahomes and Andy Reid can be that next Belichick and Brady. I mean, that's a very tall order. I mean, five Super Bowl wins, three more appearances. Uh, That's a very tall order to do, but this is fun football to watch right now. For the time being, you know that, and listen, realistically speaking, you know that Belichick, okay, he may retire, he may not. Brady certainly has to be close to retirement in a couple of years. Uh, we've, we've been saying that for a while now, so who, who, who knows with that really, but 
th- this duo of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, uh, th- this head coach, a quarterback duo, this is going to be a very fun one to watch for a long time in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes, 22 touchdown passes thrown this season. Just five interceptions, 2,223 yards. The 22 touchdowns and the 2,223 yards through seven games, that's the most by a quarterback in their first uh, in the first seven games of a, of a season. We've seen Patrick Mahomes do things that no one else has done before. And I'm excited to see exactly what he's going to do by the end of the season, the season, how close will he be to breaking some of the other records? And look, I know everyone's going to say, well, at the end of the day, it's just wins and losses. That's what we care about the most. Okay, sure, but let's be honest. We care about those individual stats quite a lot. Those individual awards such as Rookie of the Year, MVP, and whatnot. Those kinds of things everybody cares about, for sure. So you know you want to see Patrick Mahomes come through. And by the way, speaking of statistics... Uh, remember uh, Tyreek Hill was referred to as a return specialist by a certain cornerback in the NFL? Uh, well, return specialist Tyreek Hill has seven touchdown grabs on the year. That's leading the league. So you've got return specialist Tyreek Hill as a league leader right now. And you know, let, let's just go into it right now with this offense. Travis Kelsey, Five catches, 95 yards. Sammy Watkins had four yard, or four catches for 75 yards. Tyreek Hill had seven grabs for 68 yards. Should have had a few more yards, but did drop that one in the end zone. Still made up for it with a different touchdown catch later on a shorter uh, for shorter yards. But still a big game for Tyreek Hill. Seven catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Kareem Hunt had a phenomenal game through the air. Five touches. Through the air for 55 yards and a pair of touchdowns as far as work on the ground. 15 runs for 86 yards and a touchdown. So if you have him on your fantasy football team, boy, uh, you put up a lot of big points. If you have him and Patrick Mahomes on your fantasy football team, uh, you probably just won your fantasy football game alone with just those two. Probably just did. Mahomes, by the way, 28 of 39 for 358 yards. Passing, four touchdown passes. Two to Hunt, one to Tyreek Hill, and the other one to Demetrius Harris. Just one pick in that, that one. And I will say, the only thing I'll be critical of with this offense, and more specifically on Mahomes, and this is something I've actually been critical of him for this season, and the only thing I, I, I've i been critical of with Mahomes, uh, at times with his deep passes, he does overthrow his receivers a little bit when they're wide open and they can go all the way. Uh, on this one specifically, though, Tyreek Hill had already burned these three uh, defenders but he completely underthrew that pass. A lot of people on Twitter compared that to an Alex Smith kind of pass. Uh, so obviously not a good one. Uh, definitely a, a pass that you don't see Mahomes make. And one that, uh, you know, nine times out of ten, he doesn't make that mistake. Uh, but that was the only interception he threw of the game. Uh, but still, second straight week, he's thrown for four touchdown passes. If you remember the Sunday night football game last week against the Patriots, those four touchdowns all came in the second half. This one was more spread out a little bit. As he had a couple in the first half and a couple more in the uh, in the second half, so obvi- uh, just a big game all around. Uh, or actually, I, no, I take that back. He had three in the first half, three touchdown passes in the first half, and then the uh, the only touchdown pass in the, in the second half was to Tyree Kill uh, in the uh, late, late in the game, uh, which was the final score. Uh, but overall. Uh, Phenomenal job. And by the way, uh, another interesting thing uh, as far as records go with Patrick Mahomes, 
Uh, sixth straight 300-yard passing game, the most 300-yard games in a season in Chiefs history. Only three quarterbacks in NFL history have more consecutive 300-yard passing games. And I don't know who those other uh, quarterbacks are, but I'm not going to go over that on this right now. Uh, just a great game overall for the Chiefs, offensively speaking. And by the way, uh, on the opening drive where the Chiefs started at the five-yard line and had to march 95 yards... To score that touchdown, Kareem Hunt was responsible for 56 of those 95 yards on that opening drive on four touches too, by the way. And that was a big reason why the Chiefs led 24-7 at halftime. Uh, I I do want to talk about Kareem Hunt's second touchdown pass in just a moment as there was something that a couple of you guys noticed uh, as well. Uh, But I'll get into, into that in just a moment. Uh, as far as the defense goes, man, uh, you've got to give it up to this defense. This Chiefs defense showed up. For all the times we criticize Bob Sutton and, and these defenders for not doing so well, we've got to give them credit where credit is due. And they had one hell of a game. Uh, Andy Dalton was just 15 of 29 for 148 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and also a pick six. Uh, Ron Parker took it all the way back to the house, was sacked a couple of times, even uh, fumbled at one point. That was forced by D. Ford. Uh, DeVord actually sacked him twice. One of them came on a neutral zone uh, encroachment penalty. Uh, so Andy Dalton got roughed up in this football game. And I mentioned 148 yards. Uh, 117 of them went to A.J. Green, who had a, who had a pretty good game. But listen, when you're playing from behind, uh, you got to just go and throw it nonstop. You have to abandon the running game. And that's why A.J. Green had the stats he did. But again, that's the only... Big stats you saw from the Bengals in this football game. And I'll get into the team stats in a moment because you're going to love what I'm, I'm going to read later on. But Joe Mixon, he's done a good job filling in uh, this year for the Bengals. But ran the ball just 13 times for 50 yards. His longest run of the game was for 20 yards. If you take away that 20-yard run, and if you look at the 12 carries he had for 30 yards, that's a 1.6-yard per carry average without that 20-yard run. Chris Jones, Breland speaks. Uh, they got through. They shared a big sack, uh, which is a uh, fanny pack or hand warmer, whatever the hell that thing is. That went flying off on that sack. Uh, I mean, that's how rough of a sack it was on Andy Dalton. Uh, and they forced a punt on uh, uh, after that third down sack right there. Uh, so that was great to see. And, of course, the Chiefs got a field goal right before halftime. Uh, Harrison Butker, his first miss. First field goal miss of the season was 11 of 11 coming into this game, but got his first miss. Look, you can't make them all in the, uh, uh, gosh, he's had, I think, 54 field goal attempts in his one and a half year NFL career. He's only missed five of them. And he set a record last year for most field goals made by a rookie uh, uh, in, a, in a regular season and also holds the franchise record for most field goals made in a single season. So obviously you've got one of the best kickers in the NFL who will come through for you nine times out of 10. He'll miss occasionally here and there. It happens. Like I said, tackling way better in this game. Dorian O'Daniel, the third round uh, draft pick, the rookie taken out of Clemson, 100th overall, made a couple of big plays. Uh, Had some big tackles in this game, uh, limiting the Bengals running game. Orlando Skandrick, uh, who uh, who came from Dallas this year, for the Chiefs, he did well, considering they have A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd. 
he had a pretty good game. Uh, and again, I, I, I know I know I read the stat line for AJ Green: seven catches, 117 yards. Keep in mind, like I said, I'll repeat it again. Sure, statistically speaking, Orlando Skandrick may have not had a, a great game against AJ Green, but that's because the Bengals had to abandon the running game and just pass the rest of the game. Uh, when they're trailing from behind like that, that's how every team has to operate when, when they have a, a, a big deficit like that that they're trying to cut down. Uh, and that's a big reason why Adrian Green had the game that he did. You will see teams in blowout losses, they may have one player that has a big stat because they're relying on that player more so uh, to try to catch up in games. And majority of the time, doesn't end up working out. Uh, I do want to say one other thing. Uh, oh, before I forget, time of possession in this game, 33 minutes and 43 seconds in Kansas City's favor compared to Cincinnati's 26 minutes and 17 seconds. Total yards, 551 yards for the Chiefs. Bengals, just 249. And first downs in this game, the Bengals had only 15. The Chiefs had more than double of that with 33. Uh, I do want to mention, we, we saw a couple of weird... Um, uh, well, one weird moment with a penalty. Uh, Erickson, the kick returner for the Bengals, uh, went out of bounds. Harrison Butker's football, the, the football he kicked did not go out of bounds, but Harrison Butker, or excuse me, Erickson stood out of bounds and reached out to grab the football. That counts as the football going out of bounds. Did not know that was a rule at all in the NFL. And honestly, how many players and coaches on, you think, do you think know that? Surely, the special teams coordinator for the Bengals had to have brought that up and taught that to Erickson and the rest of the return guys on the team. And I'm sure Dave Tobe knows this as one of the best special teams coordinators in the game, but there aren't many opportunities for that moment to take place. So that's one of those weird things where it happens once in a while, you don't see it often, but... But Erickson did that, uh, had no idea that was a penalty. That's one of those where you definitely have to know the rule book inside and out. The other thing I want to say, because I know Chiefs fans, they always have their complaints with officiating. I just want to say on that second touchdown pass to Kareem Hunt, the referees completely missed an illegal block in the back that should have been called on Kansas City, and the touchdown should have been nullified as well. So my, my point in bringing this up, and I know some of you guys are saying, oh, now you're just hating on the Chiefs. No, I'm not hating on the Chiefs. My point is, the Chiefs commit certain penalties that don't get called. And again, I, I know at times when the Chiefs lose a game, there are still penalties where that could have been called on the Chiefs. They don't, but fans will always bring up the penalties that should have been called uh, against uh, opposing teams in losses. Uh, folks, Officials are just like players. They don't have a perfect game. They're like the coaches. They don't always make the right calls every single play. So they'll have their screw-ups once in a while as well. They always have it in your favor and against your favor. So it happens. Uh, We saw it in this game where Kareem Hunt's second touchdown should have been called back and it didn't. Again, my point in bringing this up Please stop complaining about how other teams get called and the Chiefs don't. Because it totally happens both ways. It totally does. And that was evidence of it right there. I was watching Thursday Night Football uh, uh, between the Broncos and the Cardinals. There were missed calls on both sides. 
And and I think that's easier to to notice when you don't have any rooting interest when you're watching a game. So keep that in mind when you if you do watch other games. Uh, I mean, plenty of opportunities to do so uh, on Sunday afternoon, two Sunday afternoons in a row where the Chiefs didn't play. So obviously a lot of chances to, to watch the other teams as well as primetime on uh, on Thursday and Monday, night, Monday nights. But if you watch these games from start to finish, and I know maybe as Chiefs fans, some of you guys don't watch every single game in their entirety. And when I say every single game, I'm, I'm talking the primetime games that, that are available to see for everybody. Uh, you may just catch a quarter or two, maybe a half, or at least a majority of it. But if you watch a game from start to finish, you will notice that there are missed calls on both sides. And even bad calls for both sides. That happens. So please understand, folks, that it's not the Chiefs that the NFL is completely against. Because some Chiefs fans have that notion. They have that thought. And that's definitely not the case. Everyone gets some missed calls. Say what you want about the Patriots, but even they have missed calls. Uh, they had it in the game against the, uh, against the Bears where there were some penalties that should have been called on Chicago and they weren't called. So it happens to all 32 NFL teams. And by the way, I, I never understand this whole Patriots always get get help uh, from the NFL. If the, if the NFL loved the Patriots so much, they would have been so soft on the Patriots for that whole deflate gate situation that happened in Indianapolis they would have never suspended Brady nor fined the Patriots a million dollars I never understand the criticism that the Patriots are the NFL's golden child I'll never understand that I never will so I wanted to put that out there let people know it's not the Chiefs getting screwed over Uh, I mean all 32 teams it happens to all of them not not a lot of bad things they had the uh, 12 men on the field a couple of times defensively on the touchdown drive they allowed uh, and a couple of missed tackles and that happens to even the best defenses each week. That's the only criticism I can bring up defensively. What can you bring up de- as far as defensive criticisms? Nothing else. Uh, special teams, the missed field goal from Harrison Butker. Again, uh, when you when you kick a lot of field goals, you, you'll miss some here and there. It happens. Uh, and then offensively, uh, again, uh, the only thing you can really be critical of, uh, the Mahomes interception where he completely underthrew Tyree, Tyreek Hill. And then when Tyreek Hill was wide open at one point for a deep pass touchdown, uh, just completely went through his hands. And, and it was funny because he ran up to the wall and just put his head down for a moment. And you see a couple of fans just, just patting him on the head on the hand, uh, letting him know it's okay. And look, when you're a guy like Tyreek Hill, when you don't make those mistakes often, uh, it's it's much more forgivable. Whereas with Dwayne Bow, when he was on the Chiefs, that was a consistent issue with Dwayne Bow, and it was so hard to forgive him. But you had to anyway because who else were you going to rely on in the passing game? There there was nobody else to rely on at the time. Big win for the Chiefs. Forty five ten. Got that bad taste out of their mouths in the loss to. The, uh, the Patriots. Speaking of the past and the the, the, the Patriots game, look at the uh, past schedule for the Chiefs in seven games. You beat the Chargers on the road. You beat the Steelers on the road. Two games to start off the season, both on the road, and you won both of them. Then you beat the 49ers at home. Not a good team, but you beat them. Win's a win. Uh, then uh, you, you beat Denver. Not a good team, but you had to come back from behind in the fourth quarter to win that game. Then the Chiefs beat the Jaguars, AFC runner-ups last year, and at the time they had the league's number one defense. 
Five sacks, five takeaways for the Chiefs defensively. They lose to the Patriots after rallying from behind, and they lost that game on a game-winning field goal as time expired. So your only loss of the season was when the Patriots kicked the field goal with three ticks left, and those three ticks, they went down as the field goal was in the air. So that's that's your only loss of the year. And then you bounce back, and you have your biggest win of the season, 35 points against the Bengals. Now look at your schedule. Week 8, this Sunday, you're playing Denver at home. First divisional game at home, by the way. They have a 3-4 and four record. Then you visit the Browns. They have a 2-4-1 and one record. Four games in overtime for the Browns this year, by the way. Week 10, at home, you have the Arizona Cardinals. They're 1-6. Then you play the Rams in Mexico City in Week 11. They're a 7-0 team. The only unbeaten team in the NFL. And that's the only difficult team you have in your schedule in the next six weeks. Week 12, you've got to buy. Week 13, you go visit the Oakland Raiders. The first time the Chiefs and Raiders will play. And the Raiders are 1-5 as they're uh, having their bye week right now. That's the upcoming schedule. And look, you every good team will drop a game that they shouldn't have lost. For example, I, I think uh, KU basketball is a great example. And I know there are way more games in basketball than there are in, in the NFL, but bear with me on this. KU basketball is consistently in the top five, if not in the top ten, pretty much every single time they're, they're playing. But even then, you see KU basketball lose a game that they absolutely should have never lost. They'll lose a game at Allen Fieldhouse unexpectedly. So listen, when you look at the teams you play, the Broncos, the Browns, the Cardinals, and then the Raiders in Week 13, you may drop one of those games unexpectedly. That happens. It happens to the best teams, and I know everyone's going to be upset afterwards, but the Chiefs don't, they will not do this on a consistent basis. This is not like last year where they started 5-0 and they ran into a brick wall losing five of their next six, or six of their next seven, rather. That's not going to happen with this football team. Again, that doesn't mean they're going to beat every single quote-unquote easy team. And I say quote-unquote because you should never take these teams lightly. You never take any team lightly in the NFL. You're expected to win these games. Uh, but man, uh, in those four games against those quote-unquote easy opponents, uh, the Broncos, Browns, Cardinals, and, and Raiders, I'd be thrilled with a 3-1 and record against those four teams. Obviously, you're expecting to go 4-0, but again, upsets happen. And, of course, you've got the Rams. That would be a big statement win uh, in Week 11. And, boy, I'm sure the NFL is glad they put that game on Monday Night Football. Would have been more enticing if both teams were undefeated, if they were both 10-0 going into that game. Not going to be the case, unfortunately, but still should be a big game that a lot of people will tune in for uh, on Monday night in Week 11. I want to look at the playoff picture real quickly. The Chiefs still hold the number one seed in the AFC with a 6-1 record. The Patriots right behind the Chiefs with a 5-2 record. Had the Chiefs lost this game, uh, they would have fell behind. And they would have had a number two seed because of the head-to-head loss to the Patriots. So it's really important right now because you know the Patriots are going to stay up there. It's really important that the Chiefs do have that separation between themselves and the Patriots uh, because there's no other tiebreaker that would help the Chiefs in that situation uh, because of the head-to-head loss. So the Chiefs have to have a better record than the Patriots to have home field advantage. Number three seed might surprise you, but it's the Pittsburgh Steelers with a 3-2-1 and record. 
had that loss in uh, or a tie rather in week one, but have managed to come back since then. Uh, number four seed, the Houston Texans. Uh, they have uh, have climbed the charts a little bit lately as they lead the AFC South. The Los Angeles Chargers, they're five and two on the season. They have a number five seed, a better record than the Steelers and the Texans, but because of the playoff uh, seedings, how it all works out as a wild card team, since they're not divisional leaders, they would have a five seed. And look, the Chiefs have been on the other side of that coin many times in 2013 and in uh, 2015. They had uh, a, a better record than the team that they played against um, in the playoffs that year. So it happens. Rules are rules. And uh, quite honestly, I, I think winning your division has to hold value. So I'm for the fact that, you know, divisional teams have a home game and the rest of the teams, even if you have a better record, you play on the road. Uh, the Chiefs were actually in 2010. They were uh, they won the division with a 10-6 and record and it was an 11-5 and team. And the Ravens who visited them. So keep that in mind. The Chiefs have been on the other side of that coin as well. Uh, Number six seed, the Cincinnati Bengals, who the Chiefs just defeated. They could have overtaken the Chiefs. Uh, By the way, I mentioned earlier, I apologize. I did say the Chiefs would follow a two seed if they lost the game. It's actually incorrect because not if the Chiefs lost this football game against the Bengals, they would have lost head-to-head to the Bengals and the Patriots. So the Chiefs would have been knocked out of the top two and they would have barely held on to a three seed with the Chargers tied with them for first place in the division. Fortunately, not the case, but uh, this AFC, uh, not going to be easy to win. You know the Patriots were going to come back. You just knew that was going to be the case. Same with the Steelers and the Chargers in your division. They're they're a hot offensive team, so you can never take them lightly. You look at the division while we're at it, Chiefs are 6-1, and one, Chargers right behind with a 5-2 and two record, Broncos 3-4 and four coming off that big win Thursday night against Arizona. The Chiefs can put an end to that hot run this Sunday though, and the Raiders on a bye week, 1-5, and five. so it's going to be a, a race between the Chiefs and the Chargers as the season goes along. So you're keeping an eye on a lot of teams, you're keeping an eye on the Patriots, you're hoping that a team can go out there and help the Chiefs, giving the Chiefs a little bit more room for error in case that, I mean, the Chiefs will drop a game at some point this year, uh, keeping an eye on the Steelers, obviously. The Chiefs do have that head-to-head tiebreaker, uh, but given the Patriots have a tie, that does help them a little bit. That's why they're ahead of Houston, despite the fact that Houston has more wins than the Steelers. They actually have more losses than the Steelers as well. That benefits the Steelers in this case. And of course, you're keeping an eye on the Chargers, who uh, are keep creeping up on the Chiefs uh, with that 5-2 and two record, just one game behind in the AFC West. By the way, looking at the AFC, uh, I mentioned that the Texans have a 4-seed. Uh, they're 4-3, and three, and the Bengals have a 6-seed. They're, they're also 4-3. and three. The Ravens and Dolphins also have a 4-3 uh, and three record, but they are currently outside of the playoff picture, so they're another team hanging on for dear life right now, but obviously a lot of games left. It's only uh, seven weeks into the season. Plenty of chances, I should say, for everyone to try to catch up in the playoff picture. So there you have it, the Chiefs. Still number one in the AFC West, number one in the AFC, and hopefully it stays that way all the way through the end of the regular season. Home field advantage in Arrowhead would be huge for this football team, especially under a new quarterback. Uh, You've got the hottest offense in the NFL, and they could use that going into games in January. 
Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. My name is Farzim Vasugian. Big thanks to, to you guys for listening. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Subscribe and hit the share button. Facebook.com slash Farzim Vasugian, my Facebook page. Give it a like. Thank you all for joining me for the Facebook Live videos. We will not do one this Sunday. We'll have one the following week against the Browns. Follow me on Twitter at Farzine21 and my email Farzine at FarzineVusugian.com. Wednesday morning, we will be back a little bit earlier this week for our preview podcast. Benjamin Albright will be joining us to preview the game between the Chiefs and the Broncos and talk a little bit about this AFC West division, how it's shaped out through the first seven games as we get closer to the halfway point and also talk a little bit about the AFC and if he thinks the Chiefs can stay on top of the conference. Thank you once again for listening. My name is Farzim Vesugian. Six and one, staying strong, number one in the conference and the division, and hopefully the Chiefs can keep that up. We'll touch on that more on Wednesday. Talk to you then. Take care.